you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. Psalm chapter 34, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with us. By the way, did I say welcome to all of our guests that are here today? Come on, CLC. Welcome our guests this morning. Thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. It's always an honor to have guests with us. Psalm chapter 34, and I'm going to read a few verses here, uh, beginning about verse number 17. Psalm 34, verse 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. And delivereth. I want you to help me. I'm going to read a little bit, but I need a little, I need a little audience participation this morning. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. I could stop right there. I think that's enough to preach on right there. The Lord is nigh. Unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He, God, keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. Well, this is a powerful passage. And none of them that trust in him shall be Desolate. Verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Just for the sake of clarity, I want to read three other translations of that 18th verse. The New International Version says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed. In their spirit. The message says of Psalm 34 and 18 if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. 
The New Living Translation says of Psalm 34, 18, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. All this tells me this morning as I read through this whole passage. When the righteous cries, the Lord heareth, he delivers, he's near, he keepeth, and he redeemeth. All of these things speak one thing to me. There is hope for the broken. There is hope for the broken. Would you thank the Lord for that this morning? Thank you, Lord, that you've given us hope. We bless your name today. We honor you. Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. A common saying in our culture is that if it is not broken, don't fix it. I've heard it said often in improper English, but I'll say it this morning. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Meaning basically, if it's still tolerably functional, leave it alone. The motto of the world is, my life is functioning fine, just like it is, so it doesn't need fixing. I don't have any problems right now that need outside help. I'm okay like I am. Then tragedy strikes and the world falls apart and people run. I remember the moments throughout my life that tragedy has struck. I was thinking we're not too far past the 9-11 celebrations and remembrance moments. Thinking of what happened in America at the point that the towers fell and the world changed as we knew it. Remembering moments of presidential assassinations and the world stopped turning seemingly. Everything changed. The events that followed was quite remarkable in that I have seen tragedy strike and entire families Decide they need God and they show up. Sickness occurs and people suddenly decide, hey, I need God. Marital problems and crisis, hey, I need God. 9-11 happens, America all of a sudden once again becomes a Christian nation. Everybody decides they need God at the point that there is obviously brokenness in our life. But human nature is, as long as everything is going okay, leave it alone. I don't need God in my life. I'm far too busy spending the blessings of my finances, enjoying the pleasures of sin, doing what I do on my own without interference of anything and without a commitment to God. It often requires moments of tragedy, crisis, brokenness 
that brings us to the point where it's so obvious that we are required to admit we have a problem. Can I submit to you this morning that God won't help you until you reach a point of crying out to him and admitting, God, I need your help. God is not a God that interferes with the human will until the human will is broken to a point of decision of saying, hey, I need God in my life. Our text mentions that God is near to them that are of a broken heart. He saves those, the scripture said, that are of a contrite spirit. That means a broken, repentant spirit with an attitude of need toward God. God is a forgiving God, but God forgives no one until they reach the point of realizing that they are a sinner and they have to make a decision to repent. And the issue is, if we repent, He's a God that will forgive us. We have to make the first move because God has already moved. I've grown up in and around the church most of my life. I've been in prayer rooms where we have prayed, we need God to move. We need God to move. I believe God is waiting on us to move. I believe God's waiting on us to make the decision. I believe God's waiting on the church to decide, hey, I'm tired of going the direction I'm going. I don't think we accidentally bump into change in our life. I believe we have to make a conscientious decision. I need change in my life. Sin fundamentally breaks the human the human nature. The psalmist David discovered this principle in his life. He was familiar with failure. He was familiar with brokenness. He was familiar with mistakes. David was a man after God's own heart. Yet he was so familiar with brokenness and he was so familiar with these things Yet it was David that begins to cry out in Psalm 34, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such of a contrite spirit. Psalm 51 and 17, David declares the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise, meaning that he will seek them and come to their rescue. Because of our cultural expressions, we primarily think that a broken heart or a broken spirit means that someone is weeping and someone is of a sad spirit. But the meaning here in the Hebrew language is quite different from that. Because what we normally think of as a weeping heart, when we think of the word broken, the Hebrew original language speaks of it like this, to be violently separated into parts 
to be shattered, to be damaged, to be fractured, to be crushed, to be cut off, to be disconnected. Some powerful words here. The phraseology when David declares that he is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. He's speaking of a heart that is not merely a sad heart, a weeping heart, a crying heart. As a matter of fact, he's not saying you're sad, you're weeping, or you're crying at all. He's saying a heart that is fundamentally broken. He's saying a life that is fundamentally wrecked and torn apart and ravaged by sin. I come this morning to preach to somebody who has some issues in your life that has broken you and separated and severed your relationship with God. Can I reach to that one this morning and tell you that God is near unto you this morning? Don't you... You don't have to leave here this morning feeling like I walked away from God because I'm telling you when sin fundamentally broke your heart, God said I will not allow sin to put a long distance of separation there. I am near unto them with a broken heart. God's saying, you feel like you're all alone, but you're not far from me. You feel like you're weeping in the midnight hour, but I'm not far from you. I'm very close. I believe he is as close as the mention of his name. David realized two very powerful truths. First, David realized that his heart was broken. No, not broken like a broken heart of a relationship of puppy love. A broken heart of, oh, he didn't ask me out for a second date or she found someone else and it broke my heart. Not at all what David is talking about. David is saying, I don't understand how God considers me a man after his own heart because I've sinned. I've done wrong. My life is fundamentally broken. There's something wrong in me. David realizes and admits I'm broken. And then David speaks the next thing, which is such a powerful truth. David declares, God is attracted to my brokenness. He is nigh unto them. Let me try to paint a picture for you, if I may. At the point that we recognize our life is broken, the scripture is telling us that God pays special attention to the one that realizes their life is broken. Am I ministering to anybody this morning? He's saying the moment that you recognize I have some issues of brokenness in my life, heaven stops and God pays specific attention to you. Because at the moment that you realize there are some broken things in me, 
automatically catches the attention of God. And the position of God shifts toward you. I wish I had the time this morning to break it all out because the scripture teaches, if I may be so bold, it's telling you that God ignores the prayer, a self-righteous prayer that says, I thank thee, O God, that I'm not like other men. He ignores that kind of prayer of an ungodly sinner that is so broken but yet wants to see himself in a way, in a light that he deserves God's attention. The scripture said he doesn't hear that prayer. The only prayer that God does not hear and does not answer is when we pray amiss. That is teaching us that there is a prayer we can pray that God will not hear and it is a self-righteous prayer of God I'm not broken. I don't need your grace and mercy. I don't need your presence. But I'm so thankful that I'm smart enough, intelligent enough, wise enough that I can do this on my own. But in the event that I seem to fail, God, you can pick up the pieces. The Lord says, no, I smirk at that. I pay no attention to that prayer. But when someone comes to me, And says, God, my life is a wreck. I am broken. I have faults. I have failures. I am nothing without you. Everything in heaven stops. God turns his ear. David said it like this. I cried unto the Lord. And he heard me. Another text says, when I cried unto the Lord, he inclined unto me. Let me help you understand what David is saying. My children are all grown, but Aiden, you're good. Run up here just for a moment. He's my nephew. But here's here's the relationship that Aiden and I have. If Aiden was ever in need and Aiden runs up to me and says, Uncle, I'm in desperate need of your attention. At that moment, I'm going to stop everything that is going on. I stop the conversation with one about fishing or another about hunting or one about sports. I stop and I incline unto him, meaning I bend over to get to the level of where he is. Talk to me, Aiden. I want to hear he's almost so tall I don't have to do much inclining. But the scripture is saying that the God of heaven inclines, he stops, he bends over and he listens and he says, share with me what your hurt is. Share with me what your brokenness is because when you're in distress and you cry unto the Lord, he will bend over to pay attention to his children. In our text, David is saying that he is near or he is close to them or he is is caught, his attention is captured by the one that comes to him with a broken heart and says, change me God, wash me God, forgive me God, have mercy.
mercy on me, God. He's near. The whole purpose of the Old Testament law was to show man that he is fundamentally broken and that he needs God's help. In Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul tells us, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Humanity is broken by sin until sin's power is broken in our life. We live under a certain threat of eternal destruction. What I'm saying to you this morning is either we break the sin habits and the sin patterns of our life or sin breaks us. In the book of Matthew, the 21st chapter, verse 44 The scripture says, whosoever shall fall upon this stone shall be broken. When you fall on the stone, do I need to do the typology with us? You know who the stone was, the stone that was hewn out of the mountain without hands. The rock that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. The writer said in that rock was Christ. Matthew chapter 21 says either you go to the stone and you fall upon the stone and he who falls upon the stone will be broken. But if you don't fall upon the stone, the stone's going to fall upon you and you will be ground to powder. I would rather be broken so that God could mend me rather than in judgment the stone falling upon me. People can become broken by many things. Sometimes other people break us. Sometimes our circumstances break us. Sometimes even God breaks us. But most of the time, we break ourselves. Our stubborn insistence of doing things our own way oftentimes is our own worst enemy. Is anybody with me this morning? Our will of, I'm going to handle this my way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not interested in what God wants to do. There will be a day you'll be interested in what God wants to do. I'm good like I am. I'm enjoying life like it is, but there's going to be a moment that you're not going to be enjoying so much. It may be that your family and your children are depending upon the decision that you make this morning in this service. That's how powerful your decision is. It could be this moment. The good news is, is that no matter how you got broken, who hurts you, what broke you, the issue is, is that God is near unto them that are of a broken heart. God is willing to fix the broken heart if we are willing to to cry out to him for help. Psalm 147 declares unto us, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up his wounds. 
the Lord, I believe, has designed today for somebody. He designed today for somebody's life. I won't be preaching much longer. Prepare to close this morning. But Luke, the fourth chapter, says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and hath sent me to heal the broken hearted to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. The only thing that God asks of us is that we admit our need for Him. And the moment that we cry out unto the Lord, the Scripture says He is nigh. I want you to see this picture. You feel like God so far from me, but the scripture says that when we speak the name Jesus, he's near. When we cry unto the Lord, it doesn't matter how far that you feel like you have ran from God, how far you have gone away from God. The scripture says the moment that you cry unto the Lord, he's near. <laughs> Oh, I come this morning to tell you, you may feel like you're a long ways from God, but if you'll speak his name this morning, he's as close as the mention of his name. He's near unto you. He'll come on the scene. If you'll call on him, he's there now. He'll come at that moment. He'll be right there with you. He's as close as the mention of his name. Somebody in the house ought to lift your hands, stand to your feet, cry out to the Lord and declare, God, I I'm calling on you this morning because I need you close to me right now. Oh, come on, speak the name of Jesus right now. He's as close as the mention of his name. There are two reactions that people have to a message such as I preached this morning. The first message is there's nothing broken in my life, I'm not broken. And if you're not broken, the Lord says, then you need to break yourself. You need to fall upon the stone and you need to break your pride and your self-absorbed attitude. and You need to break your self-righteous spirit declaring that you're good. Because there's none righteous except the righteousness of God be in him. The second type people that are in this room are those who would say, I'm too broken. My life's too messed up. I need to fix all these things in my life. And once I get all of these things fixed in my life, then, then I'll call on the Lord. You're never going to get good enough to get God. You're never going to unbreak your life. You're never going to fix all the things in your life because before you get one thing fixed, another will be broken. I stand before you this morning to tell you that you're not too broken for God because He's close to the brokenhearted. He's near unto those who are broken. Isaiah 53 gives us such an incredible passage but he was wounded for our transgressions. That means our mistakes, our faults, our failures. He was wounded 
for our transgressions. I want you to close your eyes with me in this room right now. And I want you to see our Savior, our Lord this morning. I want you to see Him hanging upon the cross, wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. Your faults, your failures, His wounds were for that. He was bruised. His bruised body hanging upon that tree. His bruised body hanging upon that tree was for your iniquities. The word iniquity simply means the most hideous crime, the the worst things that you could possibly do. That scripture goes on in verse 5 to say the chastisement of our peace. If you're living a life without peace in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Your bruised and wounded Savior hanging upon the cross. He paid the price for your peace. And with His stripes, we're healed. There can be healing in your life. There can be healing in your spirit. You may be broken this morning, but He's close to you. He's near. He's as close as the mention of His name. Right now, while nobody's moving throughout the building and while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and the Spirit of the Lord is reaching throughout this room today, I wonder, would there be some in this morning, some in this room today that would say, I need to take a step toward the Lord. My life is broken and I need to come to Him. If that's you that I'm talking to today, I open these altars. Just step from where you are today. Nobody's looking. Nobody's staring at you. Just step out from where you are and walk to the front of this room. God bless these that are already moving today. God is calling you today. Would you bring your broken pieces to Him today? Would you bring your broken life to Him this morning? Would you come with lifted hands and a sincere heart and just say, God, mend me, put me back together. He's near to you. He's near to your brokenness. God is favorable of those who come broken this morning. This is a moment for you and God today. Would you just come lifting hands to Him, speak to Him. He hears your prayer today. Is 